This is uh, living history, the way that uh, oftentimes they reenact the Battle of Gettysburg. We're reenacting the Battle of Baseball. Welcome to the Destination Gettysburg podcast. And thank you for joining us here on the Destination Gettysburg podcast. We have a very special guest today, uh, Bruce Leith, who has over 30 years with the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, Maybe we'll get into that a little bit later, but we're here to talk about something really cool. This is the Gettysburg Baseball Festival. How are you doing, Bruce? Good. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. We're really excited to have this event year after year um, and just, uh, just here to talk to you about it today. Great. I'm glad to be here. So this year's event is uh, following suit of previous year's third weekend in July every every year. So that puts us at July 15th and 16th yes. um, yep. here in Gettysburg. Is it always uh, at the same place? Uh, yeah, we've been at the same place for since 2012. Um, it's the uh, Schrader Family Farm Um which is where they do or did the uh, the reenactments and where they filmed the movie Gettysburg. Um, during the battle itself, it changed hands, they said, five times. Uh, and it's where uh, Pickett set up his men for his, before his famous charge. Oh, so wow. uh, it's, it's a great piece of uh, great piece of land. It's about, uh, about a mile and a half from the uh, Peach Orchard. Okay. Uh, one question that's been on my mind here, who started this festival? Like, who, who came up with the... The big idea to have this festival. Well, it was. Uh, it's a great story. It was uh, myself and my team. Um, so, I'm the president of the. We call ourselves the Elton Baseball Club and Exhibition Company, um, also known as the Elton Eclipse. And we've been around since 2006, playing 19th century baseball. And we had just uh, co-promoted a tournament with uh, another club out of Baltimore. Uh, it was the Washington D.C. Festival. And we did that for three years, but uh, it was in the middle of July. Uh, it's about 120 degrees in Washington, and uh, we played in a great location uh, between the White House and the Washington Monument and uh, and the Jefferson Memorial. But uh, nobody really cared that we were there, and the <laughs> the only air we got uh, was when the president's helicopter would fly over. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so after three years, uh, you know, we just didn't want to do it anymore. But we had teams. You know, after we played there the first year, uh, teams from all over the country wanted to come out and uh, and play there, and, and we thought that was kind of odd. But uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, okay. Uh, so after we stopped that, uh, one of the clubs that played us or that was scheduled to play in year four was from Pittsburgh, and so you know we said we wanted to play each other, but um, you know they wouldn't come all the way out to the um, you know, the Philadelphia Wilmington area, and you know we didn't really want to go out to Pittsburgh. So we said, well, why don't we meet somewhere in the middle? And we started thinking about it. And my guys on my club said, hey, you know, why don't we try Gettysburg? And uh, so we actually went to uh, uh, Destination Gettysburg, the, the former ones before that, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, and just, you know, pitched their idea. Uh, they thought it was great. And um, they hooked us up with Gettysburg Eddies with Bill Wills out oh, there yes. who owned the base at the time. And he, uh, 
you know, he, he fully embraced this and, and, and the town really embraced this right off the bat. Um, you know, not really knowing too much about it, but it sounded cool. And, uh, you know, that first year we had, uh, there were six teams, uh, uh, four from like, uh, the Philadelphia region, um, and two from out in the Pittsburgh area. And, um, we played a mini tournament, um, on the other side of town at a uh, farm out there, Hickory hollow. And, uh, uh, you know, a- afterwards, uh, word got out about how great it was, and all of a sudden we got emails from tons and tons of teams, <laughs> and there's about 250, 200 to 250 teams that play this style of baseball around the country, and so we expanded by three to nine teams, and uh, you know it, it was just absolutely packed, and some, you know people came and watched it, and cars were all over the place and and whatnot, and then the next year we expanded to twelve. And then, uh, you know, we just said, maybe we have to find somewhere bigger. And uh, that's when Destination Gettysburg helped us out. And, uh, you know, we found uh, the Schrader farm. We met up with Gary Schrader and, and his family. And, uh, you know, they're letting us use their their farm. And so we expanded to six fields and rapidly expanded to where last year we had 32 teams. And this year we have 30. So, wow. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been great. Have they, uh, have they been playing in their own neck of the woods on a regular basis aside from this festival? Yep, yep. So uh, uh, all the teams that play are experienced teams that have been around for either a long time or, uh, you know, they, they're definitely established teams. Um, that's mm-hmm. basically our one requirement is that, you know, you've played for at least a couple of years so that, <laughs> you know, you get used to knowing how to play. You have your uniforms, you have a schedule, you know what you're doing. Right. Um, because we don't just want – it's just not uh, – anybody who comes in uh so of the 200 to 250 teams we've had about 90 different ones okay uh, come to the festival um the great part is most teams once they come they don't want to leave <laughs> so um so it's it's been this a lot of the teams have been coming year after year because it's a great time um you know not only just to play in front of people but um also just kind of as a reunion of uh vintage baseball players and uh you know they enjoy it just as much as our fans do uh but the uh you know we every team that plays is recreated from uh its own town uh for instance my team the elkton eclipse uh, we started playing in elkton we were the first baseball team in cecil county um baseball club i should say not team and our guys were made up of uh uh, surgeons during the civil war Um, wow when the um when the war broke out they were all students at the university of pennsylvania medical students and the war broke out and they were kind of drafted into camps and they learned the game from people in in new york and philadelphia and then they brought it back here and they started playing in 1866 um almost a full year before everybody else in in rural maryland uh but everyone's got a story like that um there's the brooklyn atlantics who were one of the most famous teams in uh 19th century baseball they're they're recreated here um and they play a 50 game schedule every year um you know year in and year out since probably about 2000 or 1997 i think they started okay and then uh so you have teams from large cities in new york and philadelphia and providence and then you have uh you know small town teams from you know talbot county fair plays to the uh uh, we got one team called the um the milford uh, fungi out in uh out in minnesota okay and yeah, that's but that was the name of their team back in uh, you know the 1860s. So every everybody researches their club before they you know before they form their club. They 
they'll do research to see who their team was, who played there, who the club was, who played there, uh, what their uniform might have looked like, uh, you know, what kind of equipment they had, everything before they start playing. So wow. it's the game itself is kind of like um, uh, well, one of the jokes we always have is uh, if we were Civil War reenactors, we'd be using real bullets. The the big uh, catch and I wow I really didn't mean that as a pun. The equipment and the rules um, are vastly different from what people see today, um, and that's a that's a big reason why you know you have to have uh, a good hist- a good track record before you can be a participant, so to speak. Um, you have to know how to catch a ball without a glove. What's that like? Yeah. Um, it's really not so hard. So what we okay. say is it's, it's easy to pick up, but it's hard to master. Okay. Um, so when every, I think just about everybody who's played has broken a finger or two by catching it wrong, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, you kind of have to make a basket with your hands and it has to like kind of drop in your hands and you kind of, uh, uh, you know, like pull it in towards you. It's, it's, um, it's, it's not too bad. Uh, mm-hmm. The great thing about it is back in 1863 or 1864, where we, you know, the rules be, if you come out to our festival, that's the rules we'll be playing by. Mm-hmm. Um, you could actually catch, catch the ball on a bounce for an out. Um, oh, so that, okay. makes it a little, that makes it a little bit easier for some people. Um, but, you know, the ball's still screaming at you if you're playing third base or, you know, when the shortstop's throwing the ball over to the first baseman, it's, uh, you know, it's still coming in pretty hard. Um, one of the good things is we only play with one ball the entire game. So the ball itself is a lemon peel ball, which means it's made with one piece of leather and then just, you know, stitched together where a modern ball is uh, two pieces and it looks like a figure eight the stitching. Wow. Um, but the inside of our ball is um, Indian rubber where a modern baseball is hard, is hard cork, but it's still, both of them are still round, wound with uh, with string and then stitch up with leather. Um, so the first inning or two, uh, the ball's really hard, but by the end of the game, it softens up. So our top guys can hit the ball 350 to 400 feet in the first couple innings, and that same guy in the eighth inning can only hit it about 250. Okay. So, uh, so that that's one of the uh, one of the big things with that. But you know, we're also playing with um, uh, the same style uniforms that they had back then, and their uniforms back then were wool. Um, ours are poly wool. <laughs> But it's still very hot when yeah. it's uh, in the middle of July. I, I so. think about that a lot. Just uh, you know, with with respect to the the Civil War itself and uh, what they wore. Um, you know, having lived in town and not had air conditioning, I thought you know I I, I wouldn't be able to live. And right. uh, it's, it's amazing when you put things into perspective with the war, and then of course just playing a game of baseball. Um, right. How how that would have been. Um, it's been terrible and awful. <laughs> when people come out to the game, they'll immediately notice it's baseball. Um, sure. It's 90 feet. It's a diamond. Um, you know, there's there's three outs per side, uh, but there's there's different things. And and what happened was, every year from 1857 to about 1901, uh, they would have a big convention in New York City, uh, National Association of Baseball Players, and they would get together and close all the loopholes and the rules. Uh, so that by 1901, you pretty much see the modern game that's played today. But okay. if you come out to our game, um, you'll notice that the pitcher, when he first starts, um, you know, throw balls and the umpire won't call anything. Uh, then he'll start calling a warning uh, if the pitcher is throwing too many balls, at their unhittable balls, or mm-hmm. if the if the uh, batter is throwing too, letting too many uh, good balls go by. 
And then, then they start calling balls and strikes and it's three balls is a walk and three strikes is an out. So, okay. Yeah. No pitch clock. <laughs> no pitch clock. <laughs> no, that's uh, one of the, one of the trivia questions I always ask when I go out and speak about this is, does anyone know why uh, baseball is the only major sport that's not timed? And, you know, people usually don't have an answer. And the reason is, is because it became popular and actually was invented before um, what we know as standard time, <laughs> which came about because of the railroads. And you had to have, you know, if it was 9.03, you know, your, 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 your uh, train pulled into the Gettysburg station, but you had to know that with a timetable. Before that, everyone just was like, eh, it's about 8 o'clock or about 9 o'clock. Well, baseball was invented before watches and clocks like that. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's so, always some kind of little, uh, little fun fact baseball the word itself is uh two words i found that mm-hmm. interesting because at first i'm like am i am i spelling this wrong my do i have a typo here um <laughs> when when did it actually go i don't know if you know this offhand I'm not trying to put you on the spot but when did it go from two words to one it actually didn't go to one word until the early 1900s i say sometimes as late as like 1920. And the reason it was, was because in newspapers had to um, only have so much room in in an article and they only had so much space. So they would um, take out the space between base and ball and make it one word. Oh, Uh, (laughs) but it was uh, that didn't happen until the uh, 20th century. Oh, wow. Very cool. Um, One thing I did want to point out, the tickets are free, um, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. I mean. Which a, a great advantage of Gettysburg in general, Gettysburg and Adams County is there's, and you know, the, at the end of the day, you're not just looking for free things to do. Um, right. But there really are a lot of things um, that you or the family or your, you and your friends can do. And it's surprising that this is one of them, to be quite honest with you, because I, I mean, I don't want to change your game plan, but I would pay money to see this. Um <laughs> And you can, you can make donations because my understanding is that the donations do go to a good cause. Is that right? Yep. So what we do is um, uh, there, there's a, there's a couple different ways that fan can you know, um, help us out if they'd like. Uh, when they come to the game, uh, Gettysburg Little League um, helps in the parking lot and parks cars. Uh, if, if you'd like to give a donation when you come in, they're there, you know, showing you where to park and, you know, you can give them a couple bucks. But all that money um, for, you know, since we actually since the second year we've been doing this, uh, they've been our partner. And that money goes to actually paying for their umpires, their lights, their fees for the kids. Um, so it's a it's a huge uh, part of their budget. Uh, so, so you know, we're, we're happy that, you know, they can do that. Well, we, we don't really make too much money, but any of the money that we do make, um, a lot of it we, we take back and we send back into the community, uh, whether it's uh, battlefield preservation uh, we were uh, partners with LK5K, um, uh, Cancer Research Group, uh, you know, different charities within Adams County uh, we work with, um, you know, that we like to like to give back. So uh, there's ways to do that. And then, of course, also your donation it helps us pay for everything from, you know, porta pots to tents to sure. bases and balls. So uh, we appreciate anybody's uh anybody that you know would like to give there's there's different ways to do it you can do it on our website you can um you know you can drop off you know a little bit of cash in uh different boxes we have around the uh, fields if you like the game um but you know we really appreciate anything anybody can do excellent i did i did um mention this at the beginning you have a storied career with the phillies uh what has that been like 
<laughs> it's been great. Uh, I've uh, every day is a different day in my office, but mm-hmm. I um, I'm the uh, director of concession development. So um, I brought fans everything from crab fries to dolly dogs <laughs> and everything in between. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I started off uh, uh, right after college uh, selling tickets, um, individual tickets, and moved up to group and season sales, and then. Uh, um our ceo asked us asked if uh anybody had any interest in um uh you know looking out over our concessions because no one ever did and uh i i said you know i volunteered because i really like food (laughs) (laughs) so he uh uh he pulled me in his office and told me uh go anywhere you want to get you know anywhere you have to go uh do whatever you have to do to learn everything about the industry and here's my expense account so i hit the road and um traveled all over you know the country looking at uh everything from state fairs to the world series um looking at how stuff works and um i've been doing that probably for i've been with the phillies for 33 years i've been doing the uh the food thing for about 27 28 of them so it's it's been great um we've been to uh we've been to four world series uh, and uh you know an all-star game and we're hosting the all-star game in 2026 um you know Built, you know, help design the ballpark we're in now, and uh, I also overlooked our uh, minor league teams for our ownership group, and um, I run uh, the spring trainings, uh, food and beverage too. I go down there and uh, help out as well, so it's been pretty good. Wow! So, so you're, so you mentioned the the All Star Game in 2026. Mm-hmm. That is, that's going to be a big year because coincidentally, that's that's America's 250th. Yep, that's uh, yeah, it's not a coincidence. We we asked for it uh, a couple okay. years ago because of that, and uh, you know they they usually um, Major League Baseball usually gives it out uh, a few years in advance, but we got it way ahead of time, so we made sure we had it. Wow, that's cool. So should be a great time in Pennsylvania. So. Absolutely. Well, we we I thank you for your time today, Bruce. This has been really cool just to get an inside perspective on uh, sure. on what's going on. Uh, really exciting event uh, year after year here in Gettysburg. Uh, we can't wait for more people to uh, to see what baseball was like in 1864, and well, pretty much throughout the 19th century. So, well, thank you for having us. Uh, we hope everyone you know comes out and sees us. It's uh, as you said, it's a real, it's a family-oriented event, and uh, hope to see you guys in July. What's interesting is that the soldiers who died on, there and who lived there and fought bravely uh, at Gettysburg uh, also entertained themselves with this game. You got two. Thank you for listening to the Destination Gettysburg podcast, produced and hosted by Rick Kennis, with thanks to our special guest. No part of this material may be reproduced without written permission. Get inspired for your visit to Adams County, Pennsylvania at DestinationGettysburg.com. <laughs>